Hey, everyone. Welcome back to this episode of the Go-Getters podcast brought to you by go Get It Marketing and Media, ggmm.io, and our good friends over at On Milwaukee. Today, I've got a longtime friend on the show, Pete Cooney. Welcome. Good to be here, Richie. It's good to see you. It's been a little while. He is the the founder of Pete's Pops, which I'm sure you've heard of. He is an accountant turned popsicle mogul with several locations in the Milwaukee area, Pop Carts, as well as the newly opened Sneaky Pete's at the Milwaukee Public Market. And as of last year, has a presence in his hometown, St. Louis. He also went to college at Marquette. Same time as me, we had some good times back there. And he is an elite rec basketball player here in the city of Milwaukee. Um, this is going to be a great episode for anyone who's a fan of Pete's Pops, any entrepreneur, and really anyone who has a side hustle, a side business that they aspire to turn into a full-time business someday. As Pete, you spent essentially seven years growing this business before making the leap full-time while working a, a full-time yeah. corporate job. It, it was a while. I got to really see it from conception, but I've always admired like how hard you went at things while having a full-time job. And I think there's a, a lot of good lessons in here for any entrepreneur, but especially those who are hustling on the side with the dream of turning it into a full-time gig sometime. Yeah, totally. I, there, um, you know, there are definitely a lot of lessons from that. Some, sometimes I wish that I, I jumped off sooner and, but doing that as a side project really allows you to do things for the right reasons and get where you kind of see it going. Yeah, for sure. And we'll, we'll get into that. So I want to start, I remember like being at your place on Farwell in 2013 ish, when you were just serving popsicles out of, out of your kitchen. I think I was one of the initial Pete's Pops taste testers. How did this concept go about and how did you really take it from just essentially making stuff for your friends and in your kitchen to the business it is today or, or a legitimate brand is step one. Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> it's, I, I, uh, thinking back on those years and those, those making popsicles and Dixie cups for my friends yeah. <laughs> are some really good memories. Um, you know, I just wanted to do this thing. I was working a corporate job and like a lot of people, the idea of starting my own business was really exciting and intriguing. I have a passion for food. And the second I kind of learned of similar concepts around the country, it just resonated with me and I wanted to do it. And I didn't really know how to start. So I started by messing around in my kitchen and joking with my friends. And I did that for a long time. And I I remember um, after a year or so of that, I didn't know how serious I was. You know, was this going to be a business? Was this just going to be a weird thing I I joked around about? And I kind of, I remember getting kind of annoyed that I was talking about it and making people laugh and and thinking about it, but I wasn't doing anything. And so I kind of one day I just said, I either need to stop talking about this thing or I need to or need to do it. And I started with really modest goals and expectations, but um, I just wanted to have fun and give it a shot. What was kind of holding you back in a sense from actually putting it out in the marketplace and going from just serving popsicles out of Dixie cups in your in your kitchen to your buddies that came over. Was there any, I don't know, any fear that you'd look goofy for like starting an initial a, a popsicle business or what, what was going through your head? Yeah, I think there was a lot of that. I mean, it is a goofy thing. And especially when those, these, this concept didn't exist in Milwaukee, you know, I have my friends and, and family and connections knew me as a corporate accounting and corporate <laughs> finance guy. 
So to, to all of a sudden be talking about this popsicle business kind of came out of left field. Um, and I do think I was uh, nervous about looking goofy and, and I just think it was a confidence thing. And so I'm really glad that I put myself out there. I dealt with people that certainly didn't really get it and thought it was goofy and, and snickered. And it's, it's one of my favorite life lessons is actually working through that and just not caring and kind of doing what I, I knew I wanted to do and what I believed in. And that's one of my favorite things I've learned in the last you know, eight years. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's that's not easy to just create a product from scratch and put it out to the in the world and not care what people think about it. I think people care too much and it holds people back, or they just get in their own head when it's like, "Hey, put something out there, see how the market responds, and and go from there." Um, what was the first moment when you were like, "Oh, this could actually be something"? Yeah, I mean, there's a few. Um, I mean, I, the year I was going to launch it. Um, I rented a commercial kitchen and I, I got fully licensed. Was this 15 or what was? So in 2014. Okay. Um, and it's crazy. You know, our Saturday sales are are now more than my entire year of sales in that first year. So it started so small, so modest. But um, I remember very, very vividly, um, I got licensed, rented a kitchen, had um, a friend mock up a logo for me. And then one night on my couch, I created a Twitter profile, put our logo that no one had ever seen up as our as our handle picture. And I just followed like all of the Milwaukee food people I knew. So I followed the writer from the Journal Sentinel, Carol Dottola, followed Lori Friedrich. I followed some restaurants and chefs that I liked. And I just tweeted, you know, Pop's coming soon or see out there's something something really simple we can go figure out what it actually was and i woke up the next morning with a dm from Lori friedrich a dm from carol Deptola, dm from jeff sherman everyone was like what is this and who are you and what are you about to do and that was a really cool um unexpected thing and the answer to those questions was i didn't know what i was about to do i i I really, the Twitter handle came before recipes, before any sales, before really a plan. Um, and so that was one really simple kind of exciting, easy, early win to kind of keep me going. Because that's, for me, what it was always about was you'd, things would happen that would keep you going. And then a lot of stuff would knock you down or, or um, you know, scare you to keep going. But those wins just they go in and, and you feel so good and, you, and you, you're motivated to keep working. Yeah, and it's interesting thinking back, especially where you are now, or I can think back on my entrepreneurial journey and yeah, someone you admire or look up to like retweeting you or responding to your message. It's, it's crazy how much those things can mean to you, especially in those early years. Um, why, why popsicles? I know a bit about your backstory, but can you talk about what made you get into the popsicle business of all all things opposed to just some other food item? Yeah, well, I think the 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 um, one way one reason is that I wanted to start my own business and I wanted to get into the food world, but I didn't have a ton of money, and I'm not a classically trained chef, and so this concept I thought I could pull off with the limited amount of money I had to start a business and the limited amount of skills. I thought I could figure it out. Um, and then another, like, kind of, I guess, deeper answer is something about this concept just resonated with me. It made me excited. It made me happy. 
Um, and I don't know, it's hard to tell like how much I feel this way now versus back then, but uh, now I just love the business I'm in so much. It's all happiness. It's families, it's kids, it's positivity. Um, our product allows us because it's, it's frozen and there's no waste. So we can say yes to all events. We don't say yes to events based off of if we're going to make money or not. We say yes to events that we want to do and that we can do. Um, so it's allowed me to do a lot of kind of community engagement type stuff. I can donate a lot of product. Um, it's just a really great business. And uh, I'm thankful that it's what I chose. Yeah, and there was nothing like it in Milwaukee when you started it. I know you you saw some people doing similar things in other states and you were like, oh, I could be that guy here, essentially. Yeah, uh, that's, that's pretty much it. And th the other thing I remember as I was trying to justify launching this business, I remember saying that, you know, I know Milwaukee has a short summer and a short summer season with the warm weather that's good for consuming popsicles and ice cream. But I, I also recognize that when summer is here, people are going nuts. There's street festivals, music festivals. Um, people are out enjoying the weather. And so I do remember that was a, a big um, justification for me launching. It was, I knew that if you put it out there, even if it's only three months, there's going to be a lot of activity and interest in those three months. And especially as a side business, it was perfect for me. I just wanted to spend my summers doing this thing on nights and weekends and having fun and, you know, not embarrassing myself and hopefully make a little bit of money. And, and that's really where the, the beginning, that was the goal. Yeah. Yeah. And then you guys won that near West Side Partners competition. Did that legitimize things in a way for you and give you, that gave you a push to open your first brick and mortar store, right? Yep, totally. Um, yeah, we won the competition and it did legitimize everything a little bit. We won a little bit of money, but it more so it was like part of the competition was these businesses saying they wanted to move into this near West Side neighborhood. And I really did. And I believed in the mission I still do of the near West, West Side partners were very involved. And so once we won, it was like, oh, well, I said I was going to do something and now I had to do it. When, when I was just on my own and it was all about whether, you know, did I want to work hard or not want to work hard. If I took a weekend off or didn't sign a lease for a new place, it was just on me and I could go at whatever pace I wanted. The second we won that competition, it felt like other people and organizations were, you know, beholden to my decisions. And I said I was going to move my business and I, I felt like I had to, you know, make good by my word. Yeah. You got, you guys have obviously grown. You have the new store in Stalis, you got you got Bayview, you still got near West Side, you've expanded a bit to St. Louis, and now Sneaky Pete's at the public market. Can you can you touch on that? Yeah, Sneaky Pete's is is, go, is going to be a lot of fun. Um, it wasn't in the plans for this year originally, but it's kind of been floating around in the background for a while. Um, and basically, for years, people have been coming up and asking us for alcoholic pops, and. I know it's, it's Milwaukee. It's Milwaukee. Yeah, exactly. And, and like when we were at Miller Park, we had a stand in Miller Park uh, in 2019 and we did okay. We didn't do amazing, but every single person was like, do you have booze? Do you have alcohol? It got to the point where it was really obnoxious, but at a certain point, if everyone's asking for it, uh, it's probably a good idea. You know, you have, you have your customers that are already telling you that's what they want. And so for me, um, I never wanted Pete's Pops because it's such a family-friendly brand. 
I didn't want to roll out the alcohol stuff from that brand. Um, so I always thought an, a side, you know, cousin brand is was the way to go. Um, and I had some friends that had mentioned Sneaky Pete's and we all laughed. And for, for years it's been like, well, whenever we do the alcoholic thing, it's got to be Sneaky Pete's. Um, and then this year, the public market, they reached out to us probably in May. And I didn't think we could do it. I thought we were too busy. We were having staffing issues. And I kind of was dragging my feet and hemming and hawing. And I don't know what happened, but one day, uh, Paul from the public market called me and one last time, and I said yes. And uh, we went from agreeing to signing the deal to designing everything to opening in two weeks, which is insane. But we are now open. It's open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sundays uh, from 12 to market close, which is eight most days and six on uh, Sundays. Through the summer. Through the summer. So we'll do seasonal, and we serve two flavors of alcoholic slushies, which are amazing. And then what th- are they? They're uh, one we're calling the coffee blaster, <laughs> and it's like a, it's a coffee creamy bourbon brandy drink, and we put uh, we shake fresh espresso grounds on top, so it's like a boozy coffee ice cream drink. The other one is a watermelon tequila, um, almost like a margarita slushy, and we're calling that the salted watermelon slushy. Then we have three what we're calling pop tails, and these will rotate as well. Uh, we have a peach bellini, which is a peach pop um, with uh, champagne, and then so it's it's a popsicle infused with champagne. No, it's, a, it's a drink. drink. So okay, it, basically, it. it's a yeah a flute of champagne, and then a peach pop dunked into it. Nice, with some frozen raspberries uh, sprinkled on top. Hey everyone, it's your host Richie Burke, and thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Go Getters podcast. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any topics, guest suggestions, or just want to give some feedback, feel free to reach out. Head to ggmm.io. That's ggmm.io. We've got a nice form on our website. And if you are looking to grow your business and have a big 2021, whether that's through podcasting, digital advertising or our video services, we would love to hear from you. Again, you can head to our website, ggmm.io. Thanks again for tuning in. Let's get back to the episode. You see the future of the business look like. Is it expansion doing what you guys are doing now or is it is it more beyond that? Uh, the answer is kind of both. I, I really think right now we basically have two platforms. There's two businesses. There's what we're doing here in Milwaukee, which is our pop shops, our carts, our catering, Sneaky Pete's. Um, and that can keep growing. That can keep growing. There's still room to grow, I think, in Milwaukee. We really want to be in Madison. We really want to be in Evanston, Illinois. Um, and then other markets. I mean, you mentioned St. Louis. So that's a franchise, basically. And we're working that out and figuring out you know, what we do well and what we don't. Um, I think that these concepts can keep growing in Wisconsin and beyond. And then there's the other, whether you want to call it platform or business, um, which for us is basically at, at ground zero, and it's regional and national retail. Um, and we want to be in Whole Foods and uh, Costco and all those places, but we need to get our uh, capacity up. We need to get our packaging improved. We need to get our costs down. You know, it's just like that kind of CPG frozen retail game is so so hard and competitive. And I have a good plan, but it's going to take some time. And even if we execute the plan perfectly, you know, there's no guarantee that that thing will work because there's just it's a hard space to be in. 
Um, but we have, you know, that's why it's kind of nice to have these two arms is what I'm thinking of it as because I think the one arm is proven to work and we want to keep going. And then we're going to give the other thing a, a really good shot. Yeah, I don't know much about that world or actually getting products in. At least, at least you have the brand behind it now and products that people love, essentially. Um, going back to to the beginning, how I, I remember like in the early years of this, like we didn't see each other much unless it was playing basketball. Um just because you you were working your day job and then you're usually in the kitchen at night making pops and then the weekends you were doing all that. Can you talk about just the the hustle and the work that it took on your end to to get, just get this thing to square one, essentially? Yeah, for sure. Well, first of all, you said the word elite earlier, which is a gross over-representation of the basketball skills. Of your game? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's some game. I know he's got several banners in the MAC and, and Player of the Week awards. I'll take it. I, those were those were the glory days. Those were that was that was a fun league. It was a ton of fun. Um, I, the, other than our man Charles Burtz just barking at everyone uh, after every foul call. I think I mean, he left. He, he left town. He barked he, too he, hard. He, he, he did bark his way out of town. Shout out to Charles Burtz. <laughs> uh, some epic battles with Charlie. Uh, yeah. So those early days. I mean, I loved it. Like I still kind of love the hustle. Uh, I'm, I'm a, I don't love it as much because it it's it does wear you down. But um, yeah, I worked all day, and then the the pop stuff was just fun. Like I was figuring it out. Like I said earlier, like every time I would go to an event and people would respond really well to the to the pops, it was just like gave me life. It was so exciting. And so um, those first couple of years, it was just a ton of fun. And as you, as it grew and more people. Uh, tried the product and liked it. I just got more and more excited. All the events we do, they're fun events. So, you know, I was hanging out on Brady Street at the Nomad um, in my younger days, like selling pops and drinking PBR. So, like, it wasn't really, it didn't really always feel like work. Um, as it started to grow, the the having a full-time gig and Pete's Pops became more challenging. I used to have to, like, really... Uh, talk with my bosses at wherever I was working, assure them that I was focused on, on what I needed to do for them. And I never, I never, um, let that job fall short. You know, I really did kind of stay focused during the day. And then it was all nights and weekends. Um, as the last couple of years, it's been a concerted effort to take some of that hustle out of the business because I recognized, like it's great if you want to work really hard and you are passionate about what you're doing, you can hustle your way to success. But long term, it's unsustainable. And if you really want to have a business that can go for years and years and years, not only do you need to work a, a manageable amount, but your employees too. You can't ask your employees just to grind it out like you did for years. And so that's been um, it's been really something that we've we're trying to focus on the last two years. Obviously, COVID last year kind of threw the playbook out the window. Kind of pushed you into going full time on this to an extent, though, right? In a way, yeah, it did. So I remember going into last year, you know, I was working at the Peps Theater Group and as the controller. Uh, I really loved that job. I got paid well, and I loved it. Pete's Pops. I was very proud of where Pete's Pops was. I also loved it, but I was definitely sick of of working two full time jobs, both of which were growing each year. And I remember going into last year, um, I wasn't. I didn't really have a good plan. I didn't really have a good mindset. I wasn't too excited for the season. 
because it just felt like it was going to be a lot. Um, and then when COVID hit, Pete's Pops, you know, I always use the word 90%, the number 90%. I don't know the exact number, but we basically lost all of our business, all of our weddings. Miller Park was canceled. Music festivals were canceled. Literally almost everything except for our one store at, at Fleet Street. Um, and so the Bayview store, we were never planning on doing. And literally I was walking around Bayview, you know, in the morning on a COVID walk, trying to think like, well, what am I going to do this year? And I walked past this place and I said, well, you know, maybe this will work. People are going to be out. They're going to have anywhere else to go. This will be a walk-up window, so it'll be safe. And I'm just going to give it a shot. And when we got that open and it went well from the start, um, simultaneously, I was working for the Paps who was going through, you know, the live music industry got hammered harder than even the food industry during COVID. Um, and I... I felt like I was doing a good job for them, but I knew that they were going to have a, a long road back. And so one morning I just kind of woke up and I said, look, you guys need focus support. And I really want to focus on my business. I think the best thing for both of us is um, for me to go full-time to Pete's Pops. So I gave them six months notice. I stayed till the end of the year. And and uh, that's this year has been my first year, you know, completely full-time. Nice of you to give six-month notice. Not too many people do that. Well, it was, it was, I was trying to be nice and do the right thing. And yeah. I was also scared as, as hell to not have a paycheck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so part of it was like, well, I'll keep working. And, and, uh, now that I have a plan, I can plan accordingly. That makes sense. Um, so some fan submitted questions, CJ Krawcheck. I mean, you, t you talk about elite basketball players in the, in the 40 and over age category. He's, he's gotta be. Yeah, uh, whatever he's, one. whatever fountain of youth he drinks from, I need to find it. And uh, I also, I've played basketball with a lot of people around town and CJ's maybe the one guy that I feel like I can, I can never guard. He just burns me every time. Very it's elusive very, out there. I know his moves and his combo, but it, it just, I can't ever stop it. Yeah, that guy definitely has the fountain of youth in several areas of life. Um, he says, what is the best Pete's Pop, Pete's Pop's flavor? a tough question. It changes seasonally for me. Um, I will tell you, I ate a raspberry chip pop today that we just made last week. And for today, that's the best one. What's a raspberry chip pop? So it's like a raspberry cream ice cream with dark chocolate chips Ooh. All, all, all in there. I brought some for you, you brought today. one of those over. Thank yeah, you, you very much. a couple much. of those in the freezer. I'm looking forward to eating that. He, he it seems like his is coffee and donuts. Yeah, that I think maybe coffee and donuts might be our our most signature uh, flavor that I would, I would put that up against a lot of stuff and say that it, it holds up. Uh, Andrea Taco was wondering, are you going to do a flavor forecast so people know what's coming? Yeah, we get this question a lot. We, we are trying to do a better job of communicating the flavors. We have these pretty cute flavor graphics that we've been posting this year, but uh, we don't have a forecast because what we do is, we wait for the, we go to our fruit supplier and we get whatever fruit is available to us that week that is the freshest, the most ripe, um, and the best possible to use. And so we actually are pretty nimble where we don't, we're not always looking ahead um, too far. I mean, there's some flavors. We always make rhubarb buttermilk in the early spring with local organic grown rhubarb. Late summer, we'll make a sweet corn flavor that we wait for sweet corn season. So there's Right now, we're doing a Georgia peach from a, a peach farm in Georgia. So there's some that we can forecast, but others, we're, 
we're kind of just that was a very good way to answer the question no we're not going to have whoever <laughs> forecast um, yeah. uh jenny cz4 she says uh if you could have only one flavor for the rest of your life what would it be i think i'm i i will go with coffee and donuts really all right all right um one, one question. So you, you grew up in St. Louis. We, we went to Marquette around the same time. You've really integrated well into, into Milwaukee with your jobs here and starting Pete's Pops and just being involved in the community. I know you guys have given some scholarships, I believe, to employees and have, have given back in ways you can. Can you just talk about the city and starting a business here? Yeah, I love Milwaukee. Um, Milwaukee's a great town. The peop- I love Milwaukee, one, just personally. As far as starting a business, I think... You know, people gave me a shot when they probably shouldn't have, right? Those people that I mentioned that DM'd me before we were even open, and I got to talk to them and have a little article in their publications. Um, I, I think of Mike Underwood, who has a really great event planning business, big event planning. I mean, he plans events for the biggest companies, not only in Wisconsin, but all over the country. And he booked my first year where I said earlier that our Saturdays now are busier, do more sales than my entire first year. But what happened in that first year was this Mike Underwood, who's a, a real big-time event planner, he booked us for a, a company corporate party, and we did a good job. And that alone was the opportunity that we didn't really deserve, but we did a good job, and it kept me going into year two. Um, and so I think Milwaukee in general is, is very supportive. If you start an, have an idea or start a business, you're going to get some media attention that helps. You're going to get customers that are trying you. Uh, and then talking about you. Um, and so, you know, I wouldn't have wanted to start anywhere else. I've, I've felt the same way, kind of starting off younger as well. Just it was easier to get in front of the right people. And I feel like the community supports the the community. Like there, like you said, there were a lot of people that gave me a shot or took a meeting with me that really had no business and that made a big difference. Yeah, the, and with Milwaukee, Milwaukee... Um, it's it's the size of Milwaukee does a couple things. It's small enough where people can hear about you pretty quickly, um, whether it's through social media or traditional media or just word of mouth, um, and that's a good thing. But it's slow enough. So for me, like you know, I, you designed our first website, and I don't think we launched our website until like year four. Yeah, and I always remember I kept saying we I was barely keeping up each year. And I kept saying, like, I don't want a website just so I can tell people about us and then have to say, no, we're barely keeping up. Um, but the, the slow, like paid, measured growth, um, it was good for me versus like a big city. You can get that viral growth where all of a sudden your product has a line down the street and it's, you get big boom growth right off the bat. Um, and sometimes I wish Milwaukee had kind of that level of gas in the tank or whatever, where you could kind of go viral. I don't think we have that. I don't, I don't know if that's totally possible here. But for me, who wanted to grow slow and measured, um, it was perfect. Yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll end on this. What is, what's been most rewarding through starting Pete's Pops? I mean, there's a lot that's been rewarding professionally and personally. The thing that, the first thing that comes to my head is like my staff. I have a staff of, of 35 kids and college kids and adults, and we have the best staff. And these kids are so amazing. 
Um, they've gone on to do incredible things, and I've seen them kind of grow up. Some some of my staff has started as little kid customers, and they, they've now grown into it. Um, you know, last week we had a really bad day. Like a couple of bad things happened behind the scenes, and I had to go in the shop to sort of manage them. And kind of the senior level people, uh, they knew what was going on. They knew that it was a bad day. But then we had all these other college age and high school age kids that were working really hard that had no idea. And there was this moment, I just turned around and I'm stressed and trying to figure things out. And everyone is busting their butts, smiling, laughing. We have loud music playing. And I just thought, this is amazing. I didn't, I almost didn't know that it, it was that fun in there. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not always around anymore. And I'm like, wow, these, these kids are all having fun. They're working really hard. I mean, they work long hours. Um, and so it's been really rewarding to like hire these great people and see them succeed and then see where they go off in the world. And, and I, I really enjoy that part. That's awesome. Thanks for dropping in today. It's good yeah, seeing it's you. It's good catching up. Yeah, absolutely. Just a reminder to everyone, this podcast is brought to you by On Milwaukee and Go Get It Marketing and Media, ggmm.io. And make sure to go check out Pete's Pops and Sneaky Pete's at the Milwaukee Public Market this summer. And if you like this episode, please share, please write a review, please subscribe. That helps us get more ears on these Milwaukee episodes. Thanks again for tuning in. 